Welcome to Power of Her Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Anderson, but most people just call me Jazz. This podcast consists of interviews with amazing women in Michigan to hear their story and learn about their passions. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Also, follow us on Instagram at Power of Her Podcast for updates. Now, enjoy the episode. I'm here with Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. How's it going? It's it is going. It is. We are in survival mode. I feel like over here with the holidays and virtual learning. For sure. For sure. I just finished making my list of everything that I'm getting everyone for Christmas. Because oh like, my gosh, it's 15 days away, right? Yeah. Which is insane. So I'm like, I need to finalize this list, make sure that I get everything ordered that I'm going to order, especially because, like, we are trying to shop small more this Christmas. And I just want to make sure that, like, you know, I know that it takes longer, you know. So I just want to make sure I get all those orders in in time for Christmas. Yeah. Well, the beauty, too, about local is you can go pick it up, whereas, like, I was hearing that if you're ordering from Amazon or something, you should definitely get it in by the 11th to ensure that you get stuff in a timely manner. I'm like, wow, that is a lot of pressure because like we're very last minute when it comes to like just kind of remembering things or we just, you know, our lives are so busy. I always envy people who are like, oh, you know, it's November and they're like, I'm already done Christmas shopping. I was like, what girl? I was like, who are you? (laughs) That is so funny. I just I just placed an order with Amazon for some things, um, but most of everything will be here tomorrow. Which That's is so good. Crazy. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're doing things a little different this season. Um, normally, I do rapid fires last, but I thought this time okay. it would be fun to do them first. Um, oh my god. <laughs> okay. So, what book are you currently reading? Okay, so one of my girlfriends just got me into, um, actually, you know what book I'm, I'm reading multiple books. This is so bad. I'm reading Britt Barron's, um, oh my, oh my gosh, her, the title is slipping my mind. I want to tell you what it, do you know who Britt Barron is? No. So she's amazing. I've been following her for, oh my gosh, for so long, but, um, I'm, I want to look up her book because I'm also reading, my girlfriend got me into, um, what is that? The delivery service book of the month club. Okay. So I have like multiple books I'm reading there. Um, but I want to tell you what Britt Barron's book is. It's like Worth one of those, it. like really. Yes. Okay. I just yes. And she, she, so I heard, I listened to her speak, um, through actually Rachel Hollis. Um, she did when p- the pandemic was underway, she's supposed to do her event, you know, in person. And, she ended up doing it virtual, which I love because I feel like virtual, as much as people hate it, it is so inclusive. Like yeah. people who work during the day, people who can't afford to travel, things like that, they're able to do that. So Britt Barron was on there talking about this, just so much, so many different things that resonated so much. It's about the climate and, um, you know, kind of her journey with coming out and things like that and I was like this is just this it's so good so I so she, her book just launched not that long ago I ordered it so I I've been reading that um I'm reading do less 
by Kate Northrup. Have you heard about this book? No. So I'm really into cycle thinking. So learning to use your cycle, your period to your benefit, that it doesn't have to be this drab thing. Um, Kind of like when, so every phase of your period is something different. So your first phase of your period, which, um, Oh my gosh, I really hope it, I'm saying this right, is the follicular phase because now I'm, I feel like I have them all at order. And <laughs> during your follicular phase, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. And then it just explains every phase, whereas men go through all the phases we do in 24 hours. What? Yes. And it's so crazy. If I, I'm telling you, this is like a whole topic in itself. So like, if you think about it too, right? So like you have your, you you have your period and you're like, just it's so energized. Like yeah. those, that, that first part of your phase, then you go through ovulation phase, which is like a totally different thing. Then the last phase is like your luteal phase. You are kind of, and let me double check this because I almost feel like I want to make sure I always, some reason get the luteal and, but I think it's the luteal phase. that would be your third, your third phase is going to be where and, and pay attention that once you pay attention your mind will be blown like your luteal phase is going to be you are task oriented you're to you're checking things off your to-do list you don't necessarily feel like like networking you're not like outwardly like you just don't want to do the things that you wanted to do in your follicular phase when you're like gosh I want to be around people I I have all these ideas I have all this stuff so if you think about it like most of the stuff that women follow is uh, what's his name that he's Tony Robbins. He's like, yeah. wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. You work out, you meditate, you journal, you go jump and submerge yourself into ice cold water. Whereas men hit their peak testosterone at five o'clock in the morning. So for a man, it's so relevant. But for women, we're trying to follow these these people who aren't like, our bodies are set up so differently. And it wasn't until I really got, I, I did this health coaching thing and I listened to this woman speak about how you have to follow your phases to be productive. Wow. Yeah, it's like, it's literally, it will change your life. But when you realize, when you sit back and you're like, okay, my husband, like he jumps up, my husband, for instance, gets up at four o'clock in the morning every single day. I can barely pull myself out of bed. So my husband <laughs> jumps out of bed, he goes all day. When he comes home, so say that's his follicular phase. Then the, then he's kind of like tapering down the ovulation, then luteal, and he's like coming home and he wants to rest. So I think we all are like, well, why do our husbands think that it's acceptable to come home and just like be chill? And it's like, okay, so they're like, we have to be on at all times. Um, but it was just kind of crazy. I'll have to send you her information. But I'm reading that because she's like really into it, like embracing your period. Like it's like a pregnancy. When, you're, when your period hits, you want to be cozy. You want to be all the stuff. If you can embrace it and realize that instead of trying to go full steam like a man does every single day, yeah. it's life-changing. Yeah. And so I think for me, I'm reading that and then there's like in the flow and it's just like walking you through all of these things that are teaching you how to embrace, how to, how to work during what phase of your cycle. Gotcha. I'm like super yeah. intrigued. I really want to learn more about this now. I I will tell I will send you um all the information of but I'm telling you it was life changing for me when I really started paying attention and I was like, oh my gosh, like all of these things are so true how I feel during my cycle. Yeah. Like 
when I am the most energetic, when I, when I want to do things, um, but people don't embrace that stuff. And, you know, it's just like we get our periods and we're like, oh, oh, it's so (laughs) awful. But if we embraced it, just how different all of these things would be. So I'm, I'm really, really into this right now. Like they call, there's things called like seed cycling, where you should be eating certain seeds, like pumpkin seeds or hemp seeds during different phases of your cycle. Okay. And the people I know who follow this, I'm telling you, they are just like, amazing human beings they just they listen to their bodies and I think as women we feel like we always have to be on we're going 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 like to prove ourselves to prove you know men are like hey I'm I'm home from work baby I'm gonna (laughs) crack the beer open and you know I don't my husband doesn't work but I have a lot of or my husband doesn't drink but I have a lot of girlfriends who I'll be like what are you guys doing tonight and she's like oh you know when my husband comes home he just want to like relax and drink a beer and I was like oh yeah no Mm -mm, and (laughs) No, I just like, you know, for me, I want to come home and do that stuff too. I would love to come home and just like wind down, but it's not, I feel like it's so hard when you're, when you're a mom, it's hard. You can't just, you don't, you don't get the opportunity to come home and be like, you know, guys, mom was at work all day. I'm going to go and take a little rest. I'm going to shut my eyes for about 20 minutes on the couch. Yeah. And I'll let, and I'll let you know when I'm ready for you. Yeah. Like I'm, re- I'm ready to tackle the evening. So, you know, I think it's like, yeah. It's so I, I literally had to like double check this. So follicular phase, I am correct, is the first. From your period to ovulation, then you have ovulation, then you go to luteal, and then you go to menstruation or okay. menstrual cycle. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, we could, that's a, probably a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Um, it's so funny though that like, I feel like I am super, super just like lucky and grateful because, um, like my husband and I, I feel like don't, when it comes to like gender norms, you know, like they just don't exist here. Um, and Um, I feel like my husband also like gives me the space to like, if I do need 20 minutes at the end of my work day, you know, to be like, yeah, like I got the kids, like go chill for a second and then let's come back and regroup or whatever. Um, we're definitely like not the traditional, um, household. And so like, yeah, the coming home and just like I'm gonna crack open a beer that's definitely but it's so normal yeah it's definitely normal yeah yeah and and I'm with you like my friends will come over they're like so your husband cooks dinner and I was like yeah Yeah. like that's just something we have figured out and he's and there's no questions like pre-covid I would be out maybe two or three nights a week but here's the thing peeps like I also um, never had to worry about, you know, I, I was home with the kids during the day or I worked or different things like that. But my husband knew going into this, that that was my business. Right. Like this, the, the social aspect was there. So I'm with you. And I think that if more women, if we could like learn to embrace that, yeah, where we say to our husbands, I just need this time or the, it's the communication piece. I think that a lot of couples miss too. Oh, I, I've been there with my husband, right? When you're, when you are literally like off sync you just you're not getting along nothing's meshing and it's because you're not having the conversation I feel like my therapist was like Elizabeth do you think when I was going through postpartum at like the the highest of the high my husband was like I'm like oh my god why does he do the dishes 
She's like, do you think that he's sitting there going, hmm, I bet you my wife wants me to do the dishes. That would make her feel really good right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, my husband is great like that. He, he sets up all the stuff for the kids. He does all of that. And he gives me my space. Like he'll be like, I'm just going to take the kids. So I feel like you and I are both very fortunate in that aspect. And if we could just encourage more women to be like, hey, you know, there's it's just like a, a piece. And I know not all relationships or husbands are like that, but I think it's possible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, so what are three things you do for self-care? Oh my gosh. Um, what well, three things would I like to do? Yes. Um, well, okay. <laughs> so I self-care is so different. Okay, so for me, self-care looks completely different than what most people are like. They go with their nails and stuff like that. Mine is more a very social aspect. So it's like being with other people, that gives me life. Like being around women who inspire me and empower me and just like love on me or I can love on them that is my self-care and right now obviously that's not like my Katie my best one of my best friends just yeah. had a baby and I cannot go see her yeah um because of COVID and so I think that's that's so hard for me um in general especially as being like an extreme extrovert I'm like man um but that self-care for me being going to dinner is self-care with women or even going out with my husband like to me like getting your nails done and stuff like that honestly isn't always like I don't just I don't deem that really like self-care or being able to read a book you know it's like so such like for me is so amazing as if I wake up on a Saturday morning I can lay in bed and read a book and my husband will maybe bring me coffee or breakfast and he'll tell the kids to kind of leave me alone I'm like that's totally self-care or sometimes right yeah. now for me it's after everybody goes to bed nobody's awake I can accomplish the things I need whether it's work watch an episode of CSI Miami throw it back old school here <laughs> um or something like that where it's not like your typical because taking a shower doing daily hygiene stuff is not self-care to me yeah I know to some people it is and I'm yeah. like oh no no you're really missing out <laughs> Um, it's so funny that you mentioned going to get your nails done. Um, I feel like going to a nail shop gives me a lot of anxiety. I always feel like I'm overly in my head, like I'm not following the directions, like I'm not sitting where I'm supposed to be. I'm not, I don't know, like I just, I feel like I don't relax my hands enough, so I'm irritating them because I'm like super stiff and it just is, so it's not self-care. I like to have my nails done, but yeah. the process of like going to get my nails done is not enjoyable to me at all. And do you ever <laughs> think too, like, you know how people are like, oh, a day at the spa, I'm sorry, but just going to get one massage to me is like, it's so quick where it's like, oh, what are you talking about that hour's done? Like, to me, that would be like a day where you like go in and you can just like leisurely take your time. And yeah, I it's so interesting because I know the industry right now for self-care is like you should self-care is this, self-care is that or self-care too. something I do for myself is I go for a walk with no children, even if it's 10 minutes. Yeah, it's time to myself. It's time for me to just be me. And not have to worry about a child being run over by a car or or do it, you know, because realistically, my son is so crazy. He'll just like sprint across the street. Yeah. That is, I tell my husband, I was like, do you know how not relaxing that is when you're trying to like just walk and they're stopping to pick worms out of the dirt or do things <laughs> like that? So, yeah. 
those are probably three things walking because I can actually do that. But some of the things I just can't because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your favorite meal at a Michigan restaurant? Oh my gosh. Okay. I love Mexican food. Like I love Mexican food. I could eat Mexican food every single day of the week. I'm not even kidding you. I love it so much. Um, there's, there's so many Mexican uh, restaurants here in the city too. And so I've, I've tried them all. Um, well, not all of them. They're on my list of, of to try, but Mexican hands down. And then I will say um, one of my absolute favorite, there's obviously a punch, but Sapino's Pizza. Have you had Sapino's Pizza? No. Girl, it is, they have this one, I cannot remember what it's called, but it's got olives, roasted garlic, and uh, goat cheese, I think. And my mozzarella, it's like so amazing. And then I get the like lemon citronella dressing. It's like this whole thing, but mm. I love food. Yeah. I love food. Like, <laughs> so to just say like one place, I'm like, oh, Jazz, that's like kind of pushing it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, what is your favorite song that you're listening to right now? Oh, my God. I was, <laughs> I, okay. I don't have a, okay. Taylor Swift's I'm album, like she's Folklore. Gonna say the whole Taylor Swift album. Yeah. <laughs> okay, she's dropping a new album tonight. Is she? Like I said, at midnight. OMG. This girl is literally on fire. Or the Beebs with Sean Mendez, the Beebs' new the Beebs' new song with Sean yeah. Mendez, Monster. I could literally listen to that on repeat. On repeat. Um. But Taylor Swift, my daughter, was checking our Spotify because apparently, like, kids pay attention to this. She was like, Mom, do you know how often you listen to Taylor Swift's album? And I was like, well, yeah, once a day when I'm at the office. Like, I do a whole playthrough. But it's no joke. Because Taylor Swift's storytelling is like no other. Like, every single song, her storytelling is incredible. Like, it's just, I cannot wait for this. I'm going to sleep tonight. (laughs) I'm excited for you. I'm going to have to check it out tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, you will. Yeah. I'm surprised. She doesn't have a Christmas album out, does she? No, but I think, if I remember correctly, she has some songs, kind of like, but the Beeps, I think, does have yeah. a Christmas album, which his Christmas song, somebody had asked this question, like, favorite Christmas song, I'm not going to lie, the Beavers stuff <laughs> is just like... Kind of high on my list, guys. Love Ariana Grande's Christmas album. Oh, I'm gonna check yeah. this out. They're like okay. They're nice. I really like them. Yeah, check that out. Okay. Um, okay, that's it for rapid fires. So. Were, were mine rapid or were they like? Oh. <laughs> How do you do rapid fire? <laughs> um, they weren't rapid, but that's okay. Okay. That's fine. I'll work on that. <laughs> okay. So Elizabeth, Beth, Liz, all the names. I go by all of them. All of yep. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who are you? Who do you see yourself as in the world? I see myself. It's so interesting you ask this. So I'm, I'm currently working on my own personal brand as Elizabeth Lewis, trying to separate Detroit mom has been my identity for so long. And so when my brand, my my brand developer was like, you know, who is Elizabeth Lewis? And so it's like, I am the connector of connectors. Like 
I love people. So chances are, if you're looking to connect to somebody, I just like, it's like a given talent is just like connecting people, um, seeing things in people that they don't see in themselves. I'm, I'm a giver, a lover, like all these things. And so, um, when I'm working on developing this brand, it's so interesting. She was like, what? It, it, it wasn't, it took me six months to figure that out. And I was like, you know what I realized? Like, I'm just really good at connecting people. So if someone comes to me, they're like, I really, you know, I, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know someone that does that. Or um, with Detroit Mom, you know, like the huge thing for us is to connect women to each other. So, you know, or Lansing Mom, like, the goal is to truly, to give women the opportunity to be in a space with X amount of, you know, 40, 50, 60 contributors, other writers in the community in hopes that they use that opportunity to connect with each other. And we, we help facilitate that. Obviously COVID has really put a damper on that, but um, yeah, I, it's, it's so interesting. Cause like, I know everyone's first instinct is to be, I'm a mother of, you know, for me, I have four children. I have a 20 year old, an eight year old, a five year old and a two year old. And, and I'm a wife and I'm all this stuff, but more than anything, who I am is so different than those are just pieces of who I am or parts of my life that identify me as Elizabeth Lewis. But like the things that just give me life are, you know, all of the, all of the other things that make me who I am. And those are bits and pieces that are just part of my identity. Yeah, for sure. So you are the owner of Detroit Mom and the co-owner of Lansing Mom? Yes. So I guess first, let's start with what is Detroit Mom and Lansing Mom? Okay, so the goal of Detroit Mom and Lansing Mom is to connect moms to each other. So moms and moms to be to each other and within the community. <laughs> and... <laughs> Just right here. <laughs> uh, At first I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? And then I saw <laughs> them go across. Um, and then to connect them with resources within the community. So here's the thing. Most people tend to stay within their bubbles. They, they say what's comfortable, what, you know, like women gravitate towards people who are within their school systems or who they see on a daily basis or things like that. And our goal is to kind of open them up from that and expose them to parts of like, for us, sometimes Metro Detroit women aren't always going into the city because the city has been given this, you know, bad rap from media or from other people whose perception is so skewed. Whereas like, you know, we, when I first started people were like, oh my gosh, is it safe to go into the city? And it's like, it's so safe. Like we have, um, you know, I worked at Sinai Grace for, oh my gosh, 12 years. I was at Sinai Grace. That's in the, the it's not a good area. Yeah. Right more is like right there. <laughs> and so um, I just like, it never bothered me. And I think that sometimes why it just astonishing to me that people are so afraid of the city um, but our goal is to really push people out of their comfort zone to, to showcase small business owners and, and, and other business owners, but give people resources that are focused on women's needs, because you can go anywhere to find what you can do with your kids. Like, yes, do we do that? It's a part of what we do in extension, but really my goal is to give mental health resources, you know, sex education, um, things that women are afraid to talk about friendships, like how hard it is to, to get 
keep and maintain a friendship. Like it's a lot of work, a marriage, how hard it is, single parenting, um, co-parenting with a spouse and, and then adding all of these things in, right? Having babies, doing these things. And we give women a platform and a space to share their story, but to share their story in a way that a woman reading it could be like, that was, that's me. And, and hearing that today is exactly what I needed. Women struggling with postpartum depression or depression in general, um, hearing another woman's story is empowering and lets them know they're not alone. And the whole goal for Detroit Mom and Lansing Mom is say, hey, we're in this together. You're not alone. And and I think sometimes what bothers me so much, women tend to be the most judgmental creatures. Men just don't care. They're like, dude, like they just don't care. Like I asked my husband how, how, how someone's doing and he's like, well, I don't know, we just, we don't talk about that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't talk about that? Like, is he okay? And he's like, well, what, we shouldn't talk about that. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, this is why men's friendships are so different than female friendships. And, you know, we just, we hear a lot of stories from women and and the goal of Detroit Mom and Lansing Mom is to empower women to really look outside of this identity of motherhood, that it's just an extension of who they are and, and the possibilities and just, you know, what our cities offer is far more than what you can do with your kids. Yeah. There's so many for us, there's so many professionals, small business owners, and I, I love like Detroit small business love and you know, like legacy. I just, I love it, I live for it. Yeah, yeah, I love all of that. Um, and I'm super, super, super grateful for everything that you do and Katie does and everyone, all of the contributors. Um, it's, it's a really, really great community, so. Thank you. you. No, thank You're you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so what were um, some of the first steps that you took to start Detroit Mom? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is such an interesting thing. Um, so I still worked at the hospital at the time at the time that Detroit Mom was when I was trying to figure out, is it the business? What exactly is like a lot of people that we were at the time we were Detroit Mom's blog. And we had a blogging component to it, but it was like such a small part of what we did. And so obviously um, in the last year we've rebranded. So we're Detroit mom and Lansing mom. Um, but so much I tell people this all the time, when you're starting a business, you have to literally mentally be all in. You, you have to, your family has to be on board. Your husband has to be on board. And I remember my husband, we had, we had just had my son and 2015 and he said mind you I had worked really hard to get where I did in my career like really really hard I was I was really high up I um a lot of student loan debt I you know I, I really liked my job and what I quickly realized is I wasn't feeling fulfilled and inspired I dreaded going into the hospital and, it, and what it was at the end of the day I wasn't feeling inspired by what I was doing there. I wasn't empowered. I wasn't all these things because hospital systems are looking to make money. They're not looking to create change. Right. And so I realized that I need to do that. And I remember my husband, we had, had just had my son and he said, I was, I was nearing going back to work. And he goes, do you want to, you know, go full time with Detroit mom? 
or do you want to go back to the hospital and keep moving up? Uh, my goal was to be into the C-suite. I was like, I am going to be an executive C-suite. And at first I was like, oh no, I can never leave the hospital. Like I just, I've worked really hard to get where I'm at. And as a woman, I feel like you have to work even harder. You know, I worked with doctors all day, men, mostly men. And usually it's like a constant, you constantly have to prove yourself constantly. And so I will never forget, I went back and I went into my, my husband, I made the decision I was going to leave the hospital and I was just going to go contingent, but you know what that means. You go contingent and then you just don't, you, yeah. it's like really far and few. So, um, I went in, my boss was like, are you excited to come back? And I was like, I'm not coming back. And she was just so shocked. She was so, so shocked. But I had been telling people for years, I'm like, one day I'm going to own my own business. Yeah. I just know it. Um, my husband had to get two jobs, two other jobs to, to maintain our lifestyle. So my husband already had a really good job at the hospital. So he also was at Sinai Grace. Then he had to get two other jobs so we could maintain the lifestyle that we had had. Because at the time we also had a teenager. Yeah. So we, the nights, like I would work at night. So it's home during the day, full on mom, like trying to be full on mom. I was trying to also do businessy stuff, but I found that I was doing it more in the evening. And I really had to, it, it literally, it can't just be, you know, and I'm sure you hear this too, where people are like, oh, I do it during nap time or I do stuff like that. That's a hobby. Yeah. Realistically, that is a hobby. And, and it took me a little bit to realize the difference between a hobby and a business was like, it's a full, like you have to go all in, like you're investing money, you're investing money, not only in your business, but in yourself. And so the amount of money that was coming out, I was like, oh my gosh, and it's scary. And it's all these, it's just, but I knew I could not do both because the hospital consumed so much of my time that I couldn't do both. And I, I think a, a huge turning point to actually leaving the hospital was I, I was, I used to be so busy with work and my dad one day was sitting with the kids and he, you know, I walk and he goes, you just look exhausted. And I said, dad, I'm so tired. And he goes, Elizabeth, don't work your whole entire life. And by the time you get to the end, like me, you regret it because you didn't live your life. You worked for somebody else. You missed out on half your kids' lives. Like you, you didn't. And, and I look back and I'm like, I don't have a lot of memories of my dad necessarily being there because he worked so much to provide for, you know, the life that we lived. And I could have, I could have taken it or you know, I, it just didn't matter. And uh, my dad has since passed, which also goes into why I believe that the decision for me to leave the hospital led up to the sudden passing of my mom. And then six months later, my dad, I couldn't have cared or been there, been able to, I didn't even, and I, I'm like, gosh, I don't know how people lose a parent or a child or a family member that's close to them and then are expected to go back to work Three in three later. to four days. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm like, I just, I, I, physically, I'm, it's just, we're going into two years later and I'm still not emotionally. Holidays are hard, all these different things. And, um, I believe that I'm a firm believer in things work out, especially having lost my parents. I feel that we're put into a position because things are set up the way they are supposed to be. And 
And I think that was like, you know, going into the steps to how I did that was literally a leap of faith. It was like, I want to live a life I'm so damn proud of. I want to live a life when I get to the end and I look back, I can be like, I did the things that I'm passionate. I made a difference. I, I lived a life with my kids. I was there to raise them. I, and I was intentional about my time versus trying to do all the things and I'm spread thin, screaming at my kids. Cause it still happens where I have to remind myself like Elizabeth, I would rather give my kids two hours of so, like very intentional time than those 12 hours during the day, 10, 12 hours where I'm trying to be a mom, be a business owner, be all of this stuff. And what my kids remember is me screaming at them because I'm trying to do a phone call. I'm trying to raise a child or get lunch or do nap time and, and things. So it was really like making the decision. And not everybody has that opportunity. Not I'm aware of that, but I know for me, it was a decision my husband and I made together. And don't get me wrong, we had plenty of fights about it yeah. because he was tired. I was exhausted, but you figure it out. I think because at the end of the day, I think we all desperately want to do something we love that we're not, that we're not stuck. And I would rather have less. And I look at this now, I would rather have less and live a life that I'm so proud of then have more and I'm so spread thin that I don't even know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I've said that I think since I've been a mom of like I'd rather live in a box with you guys yeah. than you know spend my entire life doing things that I hate doing. And I mean granted like I I'm a I work full time doing things mm -hmm. that I don't enjoy doing. Um, but that's not the end goal, you know, like yeah. I, I just told my sister-in-law yesterday, I can't imagine doing the things that I'm doing today, 10 years from now, you know, like there's no, there's absolutely no way. Um, and like, I feel like I'm, I'm transparent about that. Like, I feel like my boss knows that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's no secret that I don't want to spend the rest of my life working for a mortgage company like it's yeah it's just not what I love um so I'm totally like I totally understand you know um and it's like like listening to you talk about like being spread thin like I work full-time and my husband and I have a small business yeah and I have a tiny little podcast and two kids and all the things and it's like oh like, I felt like you were speaking to my soul. <laughs> it's true. I think yeah. we're so, and I think when we realize that we're spread thin, we need to figure out, we need, we can't do this on our own. Yeah. And I think this is where being empowered and surrounded by other women truly help do that, right? I'm fortunate to be in a position where I'm surrounded by amazing women that are always like, Elizabeth, what do you need help with? Elizabeth, you know, I need to learn to delegate. I need to learn to ask for more help. I need to not feel like I'm constantly trying to prove myself because like me taking on more doesn't mean I'm a better person. You know, sure. it just means that I don't know how to ask for help <laughs> or relinquish control. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I um, have recently decided um, that I would like to position power of her um, in a way that we're giving back, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also acknowledge, like, yes, I want that to be an element of power of her. 
I can't do that. Um, so I asked my best friend, like, can you help me? Can you take yeah. the lead on this? Um, I'll get you an email set up and we can chat about my ideas, but I just don't have the c- capacity to execute them. And I had to learn that like, that is okay. I think if we realize that more as women, that we don't have to do it all. And don't get me wrong, it took me a long time where it was like, I would spend hours on graphics. Yeah. Yeah, I know what I like. Do I know how to do it? Not really. So for me, it was more beneficial to learn how to figure out how I could pay someone who is really, really good at it instead of me spreading myself thin. I'm not type A by any means. I'm like type Z. And if there's anything further than type Z, I am that. I'm like, go with the flow. I can change in a a minute's time. I am uh, adaptable, like all those things. And I think it goes back to me having a child extremely young. Um, Whereas I realized I needed someone that was type A because I'm not that. So what parts of my business needed to be fulfilled by a type A person? And, And that's what I needed to look for. And I think if we can sit down and be honest with ourselves and say, Hey, I'm really good with this. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to stop trying to be somebody else yeah. because for years I tried being, t- I tried being a type A person. I thought that that was what made somebody great. I thought that in order to own a business, you had to be on top of things. You had to be type A, but I'm not, I am a dreamer. I'm a visionary. I'm a creator. I am, I, I live to like inspire or be inspired or empower, or be empowered. And the tedious, little things do nothing for me. I'm just, it's not my wheelhouse. And I know people love task management and it's just not who I am. And it took a really long time for me to be honest with myself and embrace who I am versus trying to be Susan, who is like, oh, at 10 o'clock, you have to be here Uh, at 11 o'clock. Um, you have got to be on a phone call or your child needs their diaper change. Like I'm just not that girl. Yeah. And I never, ever will be. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what have been some of your biggest challenges so far? Um, and how have you overcome them? Oh, okay. So the first one when like my gut tells me when you first ask this question, it's, it's, learning to be okay with everybody not like dealing with women on a daily basis is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Yeah. Like hands down the hardest thing. Um, because I am an Enneagram too. I want everybody to be happy. I want everyone to love each other. And it's really hard for me when that's not when it's not working out right. And I had to be okay too with not everybody loving me, that I'm not for everybody. And once I learned to embrace and just be myself, I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders or telling people like, I can't make all of you happy and being okay with that. Um, But definitely being in a business where you are dealing with women and not, I'm not just saying even writers or staff, I'm talking readers too. We service women who have an opinion. Yeah. And I don't, I have had to learn to be okay with, most people, I don't agree with half, not even half. (laughs) Like I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that goes up on our site because it's just not my opinion. Yeah. But I also realize that that, what that person's saying resonates with a large population of people. And so 
it's just really interesting. I think that's been a huge hurdle. Um, money, obviously finances is always a thing like figuring out where is this money going to come from to do this or knowing that you need to invest in yourself or I'm going to tell you learning your own value. Yeah. The value of what you do. And I think as women, we're constantly downgrading ourselves because what somebody says one thing and we don't think we're worth it or, or what we're doing isn't worth it. And it just took me a long time to be like, I know what I offer to people is valuable. I know I am a, as a person offer a lot of value. And so those have been like, you know, I think money, anybody could say that money, unless somebody gave you <laughs> your, like a lot of money for your business. Um, that, that those are probably just dealing with people and finding out systems and, you know, like it's just, it's a lot of work. There's yeah. no manual that's out there that says, Hey, this is how you start a business. And this is how you do it when you don't have a budget, yeah. like, yeah. you know, and learning to say like, I might not make money. And my husband was very understanding that like, yeah, I know you might not make money for the first two, three, four, maybe even five years. Yeah. And so we both had to have that conversation and be honest with each other, like what that would do for our family life, our marriage and things like that. And so, I just feel super grateful that I have a husband that's so supportive because I can't imagine doing this without his support. And I think many women are in that situation. Either you have a supportive husband or you don't. Yeah. And it's hard when yeah. you don't have one. Cause I don't know about you when you're fighting, like I, when you're fighting or disagreeing with your husband, like it throws everything off. Like oh, I feel like sure. your whole, like, like, I can't think I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I want to call my husband and tell him about X, Y, and Z. And I can't because we're, we're fighting and I'm really, I'm a Taurus. So sorry, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's stuff like that, but I definitely therapy has helped me with that. Where my therapist is like, Elizabeth, you can't expect him to read your mind. So now I think because I see a therapist, our relation, our marriage is a lot easier. Yeah because a communication is a lot easier. My parents weren't the best examples. They, they fought like crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so how do you fill your cup up when you're feeling burnt out? Oh, and how well, have you learned to identify when you're burning out? Like when you're on that path of like, I'm about to hit a wall. Yeah. That's actually a great question. Um, so like I said, people fill my cup, like yeah. surrounding myself. I've done a really good job of surrounding myself throughout the years with people that make me happy and fill my cup because I always, I listen to a, a podcast. I love her. She's actually in Canada, um, Heather Chauvin. And she's like, are they energy suckers? Do they, are they leaks? Energy leaks are people or things energy leaks. And I notice if there are people that I have to put any thought into, that it doesn't make me happy when I think about them or I'm like, oh my gosh, are they mad at me or did I do so? Like, you know, because everybody's perception is so different. Um, it's, it's truly, truly 100% at the end of the day, people that fill my cup. Yeah. My friendships, my, um, I am, I live for, and anyone who knows me, I live for, empowering books I am that girl that's like I know people have their own thoughts about Rachel Hollis girl I think I, 
girl, you got it. I, you got it. I don't care what people have to say about you. I am still inspired by you. What regards to what other people think Kim Kardashian girl, you built an empire on all these other things. And so your sister and your mom, like I, I am empowered. like those kind of things I can look at it and I'd be like, embrace all of these things that women have done. Um, you know, I like just, I, I follow, these are people that I follow. I just don't have time nor the energy for people who are going to suck mine. Yeah. yeah. I just, so those are things going to dinner with friends and leaving, just feeling so like just grateful. And just, those are things that like fill my cup, going out to dinner, drinks or things like that. Coffee dates. Yeah. Um, how I know that I'm burnt out is when I wake up in the morning and I feel like a pound of bricks are on me, like where nothing I can do is shaking it, where it's not like uh, my brain feels like it's so foggy. I can't sit down and even brain dump because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Like when I feel like I'm short with my family, when I'm short with my my husband, as like if I get annoyed with my husband, that's always my first one because I'm like I have a really good husband. So when I start getting annoyed, I know I'm I'm kind of like spread thin. When when everybody wants something from me and I just can't even imagine giving anything more. Yeah, you know. And I think it's this when when I would rather sleep than be up doing something. I'm like, okay, enough is enough. Like, what do you need to do? It, even like getting to that, figuring out before I get to that point, because getting to that point is the worst Yeah. because it's hard. Then you're like constantly trying to dig yourself out and it's nearly impossible at times. So having been through postpartum depression with this last baby, having been through grief, I know the signs yeah. I'm like, girl, you got in. And, and it's me getting to my therapist or things like that, because the feeling of burnout is something I don't want to experience. And it's, and I think a lot of times we put it on ourselves. We think that we have to do all these things instead of asking people who truly want to help us, right? Like when your husband asks for help, stop saying you have it all. Yeah. Take his help, you yeah. know, when your kids or, and start making your kids do more. I'm, I'm guilty of it. Like I always say I'm gonna have my kids do chores. I'm like, what does that look like, guys? Like, all my friends whose kids do chores, like, what's that look like? You know, like, taking things off my plate instead yeah. of always feeling like I have to do it all because I don't. Yeah. And no one's judging me for not, you know? So, and if they are judging me, they have their own insecurities. For sure. For so sure. I think that's something to kind of go back to. But burnout is, is honestly, I've been there. Like, where when I want to quit, I'm burnt out. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm questioning why I'm doing this, is anyone listening? Does anyone even care? That's when I know I'm like, Elizabeth, you need to check yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when you're experiencing like negative self-talk or just bad body image dates or whatever it may be, how do you gain more confidence? That's such a good one too. I like all your <laughs> questions. Um, so I actually have this, I'm really into, um, you know, like morning mantras and stuff. And uh, like, I'll get into the shower. This is the one place I can talk myself. Really like have this conversation with myself. I can cry if I want. There's no like, 
things, but if I'm feeling that way, literally I say to myself, what do I have to change about what I'm doing? Right? What am I doing right now that's making me feel like this? So I'll be in the shower like, I'm a magnet for money. Money loves me, I love money. Girl, you look good. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I literally have to tell myself, <laughs> so it's like a range of emotions. And then it's really like true reflection upon myself to say, like, even if I look at somebody else, I'm like, she is so annoying. I literally have to say to myself, why does she annoy you? Yeah. What is she doing? What insecurity of yours, Elizabeth, is causing you to feel like she's annoying? Yeah. Like, or not even that, that's like a weird example because there are rarely people that I feel are annoying. Um, it could be little things like, oh, how dare she? You know, just like if, yeah. if I ever feel the need to have to say anything about somebody, I have to check myself first. Like, what about them that I feel even necessary to even put that put that thought in my head but trust me there are days I think especially as a woman right where you try and close you're like oh yeah. this is so cute in Target <laughs> girl why'd you buy it <laughs> I like I'll buy things I was like oh I must not feel real sexy that day <laughs> but then you know and then it's just like I have to remind myself, oh, you're about to start your period or you're starting or you're on your period or maybe it's just, I woke up sleep. If yeah. I don't get enough sleep, hands down, hands down, everything is wrong. Yeah. I swear to you, if I, and it wasn't until just recently where I realized how much my mindset, of, if my sleep affects my mindset. And it's truly telling people don't believe whenever I tell people this, I'm like, you literally have to say all like, you have to repeat in your head, like I am worth it, that what I'm doing matters, what I'm doing, because the more you put out positive energy, the more you're going to receive, the more you feel it, the more it's there versus it being like, I'm just not good enough. You're right. I'm just not going to like what I'm doing. is not good enough. And if you constantly hear that stuff, you believe it. Yeah. But if you're putting it out there, like, yeah, I know I'm, I know I'm bomb. Like <laughs> that's from Christy. I always tell her, I'm like, I don't know if I should be saying that, but <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> she always said, she's like, what did she say? Some of the things she said, but it's just so funny. But, <laughs> um, it's just little things. Like I think mindset, I, and it's, that's a very learned thing. I don't know if you feel like that. Like my parents didn't, I wasn't raised to be like thinking like the mindset, the power of mindset and manifestation. Yeah. I wasn't raised like that. It was, it's, that for me was a very much a decision I made for the life that I wanted to live and then, then acting upon them, yeah. you know, like manifestations. I swear I'm with my woo-woo stuff, like my candle, a <laughs> money, money candle. I'm burning, I'm getting, putting all my stuff on my little basil leaf and, um, you know, writing things on boards and, um, you know, stage in my house and I'm like all into that woo woo stuff, but you know what, whether or not it works, it is the power of mindset is, is literally amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what is something that you're curious about learning right now? Oh my gosh. So weirdly video video is like a huge thing. So video is something I'm really into. Like what I'm really learning about right now is like I was telling you the cycle thinking, mm -hmm. um, things like that. When it comes to business wise video, I'm very intrigued by it, but here's the thing. I mean, but you're killing it with the real, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I've been encouraged. Christy, a girlfriend has encouraged me. Um, but like just kind of like, 
learning both kind of things, but really honestly, I think right now I'm curious how to learn how to be, how to work on my business and not in my business. Mm, yes. I was just listening to a podcast about that yesterday. Oh, you'll have to send that to me because yeah. I'm very, very curious how these people make the shift to be less in the business, give up control, and then work on the business, still be the face and, and, and stuff like that, but be able to explore other avenues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. and I think that's kind of where I'm at is like those kind of things. I'm um, into traveling the summer and renting an RV and what are the ins and outs of that? You know, like I honestly, Jess, I, I want to live just this truly fulfilled life. Yeah. And not, you know, after losing my parents, like I just learned like every day I wake up and say to myself, I am thankful for this breath because no day is guaranteed like when you go to bed at night and waking up the next day and truly and if you can lay there and say I am so thankful to be alive that to me is a huge shift in how you feel how you wake up you know like I look at my kids sometimes and I'm just like I am so thankful to be their mother I'm thankful to be able to live this life knowing that my parents you know like my mom passed away very unexpectedly and we never ever thought in a million years that would happen and so to be able to wait, to truly be thankful and thank God, like, thank you for giving me this breath again today, because it is scary yeah. to think, you know, the alternatives. So, yeah. yeah. What woman or women inspire you? Okay. So first, like if we're talking like celebrity, celebrity, so like obviously like the Glennon Doyles, like her like realness, like I love the Kristen Bells. Um, I am just... I love women who their goal or purpose or what they're doing is like inspiring other women to yes. either be true and authentic to themselves or real or um, to be better. Like I love women who are always like, life doesn't have to be this way, right? Um, yeah. And then if I have to say like, even like a local, um, the women that especially right now, I realize more and more the women that I employ um, are just such a huge part of my life. And I'm always empowered, empowered by them. Like they're just the things that they do. Like obviously, you know, Katie is my co-owner um, for Lansing and she she's one of my best friends. And she's just like, I'm always just like so inspired by her in general, like all the stuff she wants to do. We, we've talked about starting this other thing and always just have like all, you know, she's like my, she's like my cheerleader. And um, I have a, one of my friends, uh, Shannon, another one of my really bestest of friends. She um, is always just like inspiring me to, or empowering me like this. She, it's so funny. I have to tell you this. So my, what I love about my friends is Shannon's the one who gives it to me straight. Shannon will be like, get your head out of your butt or you're sabotaging yourself, blah, blah, blah. Then Katie will come behind like, are you okay? Like, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> and then I have to take a couple days and think about it. And I'm like, okay, Shannon was right. Like, it's just, you know, and, and those are, those are women who just, they're huge parts of my life. And I can't imagine not having women like that. Um, but even like, I think of, friends that I have that are always trying to be better like those are these are women I want to surround myself with that are always that are just like no no excuses and 
it, it being able to admit like this stuff's hard like all this just like the real that's what i love women who don't talk about each other and who are there truly to support each other and it not be this competition for things and yeah. i know a lot of people i read a lot of books i follow a lot of people that are just really inspiring i love that stuff people i think it annoys people too because they're always like um well you you know you and your self-help books and i was like but it's really not like it's like yeah are they i think aren't like yeah inspiring books generally self-help but yeah I mean, is there really any other type of book out there, though? I know. That's what I say. Like, whenever we used to do book club, you're like, oh, my gosh. You know what book changed my life? I, I will hand, I will tell this to everybody. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Okay. Have you read it? No. I'm going to add it to my list. If, if you, when I say every part, like, I felt like she, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, like everything, she was speaking to me on every possible level. Like she just, this book was everything. And I think that's what I love about her is she lives and breathes her authentic self. Like what you see, I truly believe is what you get. Like she is not any different on screen as she is off screen. She's just an incredible human being. And so I always say like, if I could have dinner with with anybody I ask this to you know when I do stuff for Detroit mom and Glennon Doyle is hands down my or Kristen Bell like duh like, yeah yeah or Taylor Swift like <laughs> I just want to know what it's like to be in your I think she just turned 30 or is turning 31 she's 30 but yeah I just am not I love women who have they they've got some they've got drive goals all that stuff those are yeah. those are my people yeah for sure so this is the big question. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, how would you like to see your community improve? And what steps can people take to achieve that? Okay. So Detroit is a you know, Lansing and Detroit probably are very similar. I experience it more because probably because I live in the area. But the diversity and inclusivity of, my, of Detroit is I feel because I'm in very fortunate space to be surrounded by black, white, Hispanic, Asian women, I see the beauty of it. But I think there's such a separation still between Metro and the and Detroit proper. When you, when you sit down at the end of the day and look at it, right, is even going back to our, the heightened um, pandemic of racism, essentially, like we, we went from we lived two pandemics at the same time as that died down and now you see that stuff less frequently and as a white woman I don't deal with it on a daily basis so but but I am around black women so I still feel it and see it whereas I feel like a lot of my counterparts you know as other white women don't and I think this is a very large area that as a site called Detroit Mom, we need to work that much harder to accomplish because of who we are. Yeah. And I'm a white woman who owns a site called Detroit Mom. And when I first used it, that was the farthest from my thoughts because I worked at Sinai Grace and I didn't see myself as this huge separation between Detroit and Metro Detroit. And no matter what I did, whether I call myself Detroit mom or Metro Detroit mom, I was excluding one group. 
So yeah. why not be inclusive and say, I am Detroit mom, we are Detroit mom versus, I felt as if I said, Metro Detroit mom, I'm excluding the, the women within the city, yeah. you know? So it's like, there, there's all of these different things. And I didn't identify myself necessarily as like, well, I'm white, she's black or, or things like, it's so interesting. I know we, we have this conversation often and yeah, it's just, it's a tough one. And I think that's something that I really want to work on even in 2021. How can we bridge that gap or help bridge that gap between the black and white community because at the end of the day the biggest differences or where you see it the most is between the black and white community for sure yes is it there for muslim asian hispanic things like that we we have takeovers but we just had a takeover by this um hispanic woman and um she had the most derogatory comment like i'm just like why where and why do people have time to even put that into an inbox you know it's just it's just horrible things and how can we better educate our community and how can we better um put voices that aren't heard black voices hispanic voices muslim voices in front of this platform because i i listen to a lot of podcasts um code switch is one of my favorite mm-hmm. podcasts to listen to and they said you guys white community white people are listening to white people yeah hands down and if you're a community and, and I have this platform that a lot of these people are white. Um, they're going to listen to me or they're because they, they, if they see changes or they see things, I, it's just, it's a weird, right. It's a weird time, right? We're living in such a weird time. And, um, that's one of our biggest things for 2020. How can we be more inclusive? And it's still like, it's heartbreaking when I hear black women say things like because I'm white or things like that I'm like but I'm not but then I have to be like yeah but you might not be but they've had experiences with white people that have been less than stellar and so I've had to learn not to take it personally but it still stings like it's there's still moments where I'm like oh that really hurts but you know and how do we do that this is our honest question how how can we really help bridge that gap you know, I can give voices, I can, I can lend a platform, I can do things like that, but how can we bridge the gap yeah. between the white and black community or more importantly, Detroit and Metro Detroit? Yeah. Why is there this huge separation between, well, you're a Metro Detroiter. Well, you're a Detroiter. Like, what is the difference? Why can't we just all say we are Detroiters? Like, yeah, I get it. There's a lot of things behind it, but yeah. And I feel like in you know. Lansing, like, it's not as common because the surrounding, like, the suburbs of Lansing, which just sounds ridiculous, but. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> what not... do you call that? Is it just. <laughs> I, I don't know. Lansing and then the suburbs of Lansing? Well, like, know. that would be, like, Okemos, right? Like, Okemos yeah. and. Like, East Lansing, Okemos, Holt, Grand Ledge, et cetera. Do, do it, you know, but. Um, I feel like for those towns, they're not as built up as much as like Metro Detroit, right? So like a lot of, like if you're in Hull, like you still have to go to Lansing to go to Target, right? Like, yeah. so we're in, yeah, so I feel like it's not as separated as like Detroit and Metro Detroit are because they're very much still intertwined, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there is still like a slight separation. And for me, like it's 
more race related than anything like just of because the surrounding areas aren't diverse um yeah you know what I mean like even you know like we went to Mason a couple weeks ago or a week ago or whatever um and I'm not super familiar with Mason I haven't been to Mason a million times um but you know we have to think about things of like are we okay going to Mason like what do the people in Mason think of us? You know what I mean? Like, um, because we just, you know, we want to be safe. Like we want, we want our family to be safe. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So it's like, we have to consider all of these things going somewhere that's just 19 minutes away. And that it shouldn't be that way. And it's, that's what I hope that we can even like Chrissy was telling me that, when she went to Traverse City, people were like, oh my gosh, like you drove through like Grayling or Gaylord. And like, I was like, why? And she goes, because I, like it's as in the black community, like, it's just not safe. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And these are things I think we just don't talk about. And I want to represent the black community. And I want people not to see me as, oh, she's a white woman who owns Detroit Mom. I want them to see like, this is my opportunity to share my experiences, to relate to other women, to in hopes to educate, and, and and I say that not in educate, like black women should be educating white women, but to share their struggles, like even it could help another black woman, Hispanic woman, it doesn't just have to be educating the white community, but really in 2021, giving black women specifically a voice and, and sharing their businesses and things like that. And it's not that we necessarily haven't in the past, it's sometimes it takes a lot of work to get black women to want to write <laughs> yeah. it, it, for for a community that they see is different than them and yeah. you know I get that like I can't imagine being a black woman coming into just a room filled with white women yeah yeah I can't imagine what that feels like because when I went to a party Tiff here um invited me to her party I was the only white woman there and I was like this is so cool but I also have to realize I totally like I also worked at sign and grace I worked and like I've been uncomfortable and I don't mind being uncomfortable I remember my husband saying that he's like he said and he's like oh are you worried what people are gonna say because you're white and you're you're gonna go by yourself and I was like well no hopefully they don't say anything but I guess now that you say that I was like they I've more thought like people were like why is she here yeah yeah. You know, more than anything, it wasn't like, oh, she, what, how I would feel. It was more like, I was like, I wonder if they're going to be like, why is she here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up in their space. Like, <laughs> but yeah, that is like, so when you say that, it's just bringing awareness. Cause I don't think, do you think a white person literally thinks like driving somewhere, whether or not they have to worry about whether they're going to be safe? Like, I get into Detroit, but I feel like it's such a different thing, right? Where you, should be able to drive to a rural area and and feel safe. It's yeah. not like you're going to inner city where there's, you know, and I don't even think that. Like when I think where I think every city has their in between, like Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Should you have this you have the inner Chicago part, then you have that that in between getting out of Chicago where you're like, ooh, scary. <laughs> like the little sketch, right? Mm-hmm. But I think there's all you always are gonna have that in any city, whether it's you know, like a small little country town. It might just not exaggerated, but yeah, I just want to find a way where white and black women can coexist better or 
I hate like that term people of color. Now that I, the more stuff that I read, I'm like, oh, I would, I just now I hate saying like, let's call it what it is, Hispanic, Muslim, let's not lump all people of color together and just say Hispanic, Muslim, Arab, you know, not Arabic, but Muslim, black, yeah, you know, and yeah. I think it's a learning thing, right? Whereas when I was at Sinai Grace, they were like, you don't, girl, you don't call a woman African-American. I was like, well, shoot, okay, what do I say? And they're like, you call them black. Then I meet another black woman who'd be like, no, you don't call me black. I'm African-American. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. You know, like, so I think that it's not that the white community, I know for myself, it's not asking to be educated. I, I've just taken it upon myself to, to follow people that are really good at giving the resources or pay for their, what is it called? Um, they have like the services. Why can I not think of what it's called? But you can pay monthly. For their educational resources okay. all this work that they put in um and it's totally slipping my mind but <laughs> i've invested in some of those things i love austin cheney brown she's in detroit i will meet her one day <laughs> i am bound to determine to meet her i don't know when it's gonna happen but yeah yeah you know like like people like that i just am i'm very like she's someone that inspired. i read her stuff i read her book and i was so inspired by her so yeah, yeah you know and i think you know i think it's important too to realize that not all black people think the same right like yeah. and not all black people have the same experiences and all the things like i think even you saying that like you know some people are like don't say african-american say black and then you talk to a black person and they're like don't call me black call me african-american like yeah. everyone has different experiences and different perspectives and it's just like not everyone has the same expectations or desires, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that there's a sense of just learning that too, of like, you can't lump all black people into one category. And that's, I think the biggest thing, right? And I think that when people open up their homes and their hearts and want to learn and be uncomfortable, I say this all the time, my life is so much better because of the, the difference. Not all the women in my life look the same. My life is so much better because I have black friends, truly, because we are, there are a lot of similarities, but there are a lot of differences too. Yeah. And we learn from each other and we, you know, like, like how white people are raised or black, you know, black people are raised are might be totally different things. And we learn that from each other and it's like eye opening or to see your kids play together and they don't see a difference because you, you, it's not different to you. And so, I think that's a huge thing is I just want to, I want to bridge that gap or, or just a little, I know that it's not something I'm going to be able to do. I'm one person, but I'm hoping that Detroit mom can give a space and open that up for people to realize how important it is, not just for yourself to have people that look differently than you in your lives or at your dinner table. Um, but how important it is for your kids. Yeah. You know, like I watch Harry Potter. I don't know. I love a huge Harry Potter fan. <laughs> But I was lucky, I was watching today with, with the kids this morning before I left for work and um, Dudley, he obviously was raised to be mean to Harry Potter because Harry Potter, because his parents are mean to Harry Potter, right. right? Harry never did anything to him. And I know this is such, I know you're probably like, people are like, what? <laughs> but it's, if you think about things that you watch, like we are raised to do the things that we are. Hate is a learned for thing sure. for sure so like i watched watching dudley and i was like gosh you are the horriblest little human being i ever did meet like not even me that i've like watched, watched or yeah. seen 
And then I look at his dad and I was like, well, of course he acts just like his parents do towards Harry, but it's the same thing as is it, we're raising our children. That's what our children see. Yeah. If we are making comments or, or saying hateful things, like our children are, are mimicking that and that's how they're going to treat people that look differently than them yeah. versus embracing them. And that's so funny that I just actually made that connection because I was thinking to myself this morning how I was like, gosh, she is so mean. <laughs> if I were a child like that, I would learn, beat his behind. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know, it's just silly things like that. You just think of how you how we want the world to be better for our kids. And yeah. I don't want my kids to live through this. Like, I just, it's crazy. Yeah, for sure. So uh, since this podcast is called Power of Her... Is there anything you'd like to say to empower our listeners? Oh, I th- in, okay. This is, I'm saying this as someone who's learning to take her own advice to truly and authentically. I know it's cliche, but to be yourself, to learn to be okay with the woman that you are and you strive to become. Because I think so often we feel that we have to fit into this bubble of what other people think in society. You know, like I have a daughter I, I, I went to college, I, I sacrificed so much for her and she's like, I don't, college just isn't my thing. And it took me a long time to be like, dang, I'm like, literally you're doing what you want because it's what you want, not what I'm telling you to do, not what other people are telling you to do. And if I could have learned that at an earlier age, I'm like, man, I'd worry less about what people think about me or, you know, like I think about, I were sometimes recording videos like five or six times. I'm like, Elizabeth, why? why are you doing this? Why do you care what others think about you? And I think that the more people I follow or I surround myself with that are authentically themselves, the more I realize how important it is, not just for me, but for others that I show up as I truly am. Yeah. Instead of continuing to be perfect. And if there is something that you want, figure out how you can do it because there is... I truly, there's always a way. There's, if you want to leave your full-time job and run a business, yeah, are you going to have to cut back? And this is the, where people get caught up the most. They're not ready to give up their lifestyle. Yeah. But but if it's something that you are truly empowered by, I just wish more women would be like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this because this makes me happy. Yeah. I'm doing this because I want to. And not be envious and, and talk about the women that are doing it, making the decisions to, and actually do something about it. And stop saying, I'm exhausted. I'm sick of working, you know, nine to five and doing this stuff because everything is figure outable. For sure. Is that even a word? It is now if it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> but it is. Like, I do. I think you're, you're, every season there's a struggle, but... Yeah, so I think it's like being authentically yourself and and showing up for yourself, like showing up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like our our real challenge, like as Kristen say, show up for yourself. And as hard and as uncomfortable as is, as it is, when you do it, I think there's so much power to it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So Elizabeth, how can people find you, connect with you, support you, all the things? Okay, so right now you can find me at uh, at Detroit Moms with an S. So I think it's on Facebook. Wait, Instagram I know has an S, and then Detroit Moms. 
Um, so either Detroit Mom or Moms, because somebody else had, I think, Detroit Mom on Instagram. But our website is www.detroitmom.com. Or my personal IG that I still am working on getting up and going is I am Elizabeth Lewis. But um, you can mainly find my face over at Detroit Mom on Instagram. Is generally where I where I frequent these days. But that goes back to being less in my business and more on my business. <laughs> Yeah. So how can people support you? Oh, um, they can come and like our stuff. And sh- if it's beneficial to them, share, reach out. I love when, I love when people DM us, um, if they have great ideas. Um, Facebook, we share a lot of our content, read our content. Um, depends on what area you're in. We have Lansing and then Detroit. So yeah. hopefully you have listeners everywhere. So if you want to know more about Detroit, I'm also starting us another section of Detroit moms for people who want to travel our state. So Ooh. more to come on that. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. This was fun. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate thank you, you hanging out with me and, um, you know, staying while we had all the technical difficulties this morning or afternoon, but I think it's 2020. Don't worry. Yeah. It's, it's 2020, but thank you so much for having me I love chatting with you um it's always so inspiring just like just you know talking back and forth and being together even though it's virtual I know I know. And not in person. but um <laughs> yeah thank you and thank you for always supporting us I truly appreciate it same same I I look up to you and appreciate you so so much um and I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to meet with you and connect with you and um, that I could get to continue to watch you grow. So thank you. Bye.